about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. All right, did you bring a Bible? Yes. All right, go to Ephesians chapter 4 this morning. All right, Ephesians chapter 4, are you there? Now, we've been studying, of course, about the divine ability that every single born-again person has on the inside of them. If you're born again in the kingdom of God, you have ability on the inside of you that you've not even scared yet as far as tapping into it. There's portions of your life that you've got revelation to and you're walking in that, but there's so many other portions in our life that we're not walking victorious in, and God wants everyone to live victoriously who's his children and who live in the kingdom of God. Praise God, you know, when I first got in the ministry, one of the things that this whole ministry stood for was one of the, the things that we always talked about was no more normal Christianity. How many of you remember that? Yeah, no more normal Christianity. And, and I don't think people understood basically what we meant by not being normal because most of the people who thought they were not being normal were normal. And when things got unnormal, they sort of disappeared. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Amen. Yeah, a normal Christianity is just going to church every Sunday, every Wednesday, maybe now and then, reading your Bible a little bit, praying a little bit, but there's a group of people who basically are going to walk above that regular thing, and they're going to come into a place where there are a group of people like God describes in his book and in his Bible. And basically through the knowledge that we get of what he's given us and what belongs to us, we're going to start walking in that, praise God, because the power of God that's in us is going to start to manifest through us. Say in us. us. Say through us. us. All right, Ephesians chapter 4, look at verse 17. Paul says, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord, that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with all greediness. But you have not so learned Christ. Now this is interesting here basically because he's, he's writing this to people who are born again. He's writing to people in the church, but notice what he tells them. He doesn't want us to walk like the heathens walk. I mean, a heathen is someone who's not born again, who still hasn't come into the light of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, I don't want you to walk like they walk. Now, this tells me that you can. Because why would he warn you not to if you couldn't do it anyway? So he's saying, don't walk like the heathens do, basically. In other words, don't walk like somebody who's not born again. Don't walk like somebody who doesn't have any power out there. Don't, don't walk like somebody who has no authority. Don't walk like somebody who doesn't know the Lord. Don't walk like somebody for this or that who's just living a normal life. He says that can be done here. So he went on and say, don't walk the way the heathens do. Well, how do they walk? Look what it says, verse 17. Isaiah, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their what? in their vanity of their mind. He said, in other words, you can't think like they think because if you think like they think, you're going to walk like they walk. And what do they think? They think, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. So they live as sinners. They think that God really doesn't love them that much. So they're always afraid of God. They have the mindset that they have, and then they don't walk into any power. They don't walk in anything heathens because they're not born again. But notice he's not writing this to heathens. He's writing it to people who are in the church who should basically be walking above the way the heathens work. Um, how many of you know some people who are born again, and you see them side by side with some of your unsaved friends, and you can't tell one from the other? Why is that? It's because of the vanity of their mind. They have never gotten in the Word of God to change their mind on how to live, how to handle their finances, how to walk in power, how to do the things. And since that way, even though they have all this potential on the inside of them, trying to burst out of the inside of them a river that wants to flow, basically they just live a normal lifetime. They they depend on themselves for everything. They make their own decisions. They don't know anything about the Bible or do anything about the Bible. Another translation says, don't walk like a heathen who's blindfolded. Say blindfolded. I mean, there's a lot of blindfolded people out there who are in the church. They walk around bumping into situations and circumstances, then they want to blame it on the sovereignty of God. But it's not God who's in control, it's you who are in control. But we all had blinders when we got born again, didn't we? 
And unless there's a desire in you to remove those blinders on you of how you operate and the things that you did and how it was done and how your parents taught you and how the world taught you, you're never going to progress beyond that. You're just going to be someone who's going to go to heaven. And how many know that's better than going to hell? But still, there's more to that. I mean, you get born again at the age of 20, you're going to live 60, 70 years just doing nothing, making no impact here whatsoever, because basically you have blindfolds on, and you cannot see the spiritual realm and what God really wants to do. So what God wants to do is take your blindfolds off, but he cannot do it unless there's a desire for you to seek to lose your blindfold. Blind Bartimaeus. Blind, standing by the roadside. Heard about Jesus. Say, heard about Jesus. Now, what do you think he heard? That he just wears nice clothes, goes to a nice synagogue. No, he heard that Jesus had some supernatural power that could help him and help him with his blindness. And there he stands alongside the road and before Jesus even gets there, he cries out and says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the rest of the people in the church, I mean, standing there on the sidewalk, <laughs> sorry, who didn't care about their blindfolds, got mad at him for a desire to lose the blindfolds he had that he needed to lose because he was blind. So they're telling him, shut up. Don't do that. Don't go to that dumb church. Don't go to that church where you've got power. Don't go to that church that tells you you have authority. Don't go to that church where they say that you can change people's lives. Don't go to that church where you can move in the power and the anointing of God and set people free. Don't go to that church that tells you you can be victorious because we've got to be losers part of the time because that's just who we are. Don't, don't live in a place where we sing more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. But notice he didn't give up, did he? He just shouted the louder, it said. I mean, you know, he was desiring something. He wanted something. He didn't want to be blind anymore. He wanted to be changed. He wanted to be able to see what Jesus, who he was, what he could do, what he could do in our lives, basically. So he cried out again, and finally, how many know, Jesus answered. I'll tell you, whatever you're hungry for in the spirit with Jesus, it's easy to get unless you're not hungry for it. That's the way we've got to be hungry. We've got to pull ourselves out of this natural realm, the way we do things, the way we handle our finances, the way we raise our kids, the way we do all these things. And we've got to do it God's way. You know why? Because he knows best. Used to be a show way back in the old days called Father Knows Best. Anybody remember that? Praise God. Three of us. Four of us. Praise God. Five of us. Sick. I'm feeling younger. Seven of us. Yeah, Father knows best. And the reason that God wants to rule and reign in your life in the kingdom of God and tell you how to do things, basically, is because he knows his way is the best way for you. Amen. Yeah, Father knows best. That's the way it is. So I want to handle my finances the way he tells me. How do I get finances? I give. Well, how many of you know if you've got blindfolders on? You don't agree with that. That doesn't even make sense. But in the kingdom of God, it makes sense because it works with the Father. He's the one, basically, who has the manual that we need in this Word of God to learn how to live in the things of God and in the kingdom of God. Outside of this, we're just going to live in the natural realm. And how many know you've got to fight to live in the natural realm? You've got to hustle to win in the natural realm. You've got to hope for some breaks in the natural realm. But when you start hearing God's voice and following God and pressing into his kingdom and wanting his kingdom, all these things that you're going after that aren't working anyway will start to worketh. See? There's a manual that we need to know, and this is that manual right there. So blind Bartimaeus said, hey, hey, come on. And guess what happened? How I many know he removed the blinders? Here, here's what he did. Now this is going to make sense to you now. He took him from darkness to light. Remind you of anything? Yeah. She got up and sang something this morning. She didn't know she got up and sung it. She sung it because God wants to take you from darkness to light. He did it already in the first five verses of Genesis, but has he had the first five verses of your life yet? There's a flow in here this morning. Yeah. He wants to take you from... He has rescued you out of the kingdom of... and translated you into the kingdom of... Like his own dear son. He wants to bring revelation to us. He wants us to operate that we need to operate because he's trying to get the entire kingdom of God over to you. Everything in the kingdom of God he's trying to get into your life so that you manifest it in your life. It pleases him to give you the entire kingdom. And you read the Old Testament here. These people didn't even, they didn't, they didn't even have a right to be in the kingdom of God or to live in the kingdom of God. But because people were pressing into the kingdom of God, even before it was available, they were receiving things that wasn't even really available to them by rights, but they got it anyway. How about the Syrophoenician woman? Demon-possessed. Got a demon-possessed child there. Comes to Jesus. Jesus said, you're not even in this covenant. You have no right to receive this. You don't really belong here. Can't really do anything for you. And how many know she came back again? And she came back again. 
And she was desiring more not being in the kingdom and not having a right to go for it than anybody else, but she was going to get something, praise God. She was, she was going to allow Jesus to do something in her life, and finally Jesus called her a dog. Come on, how, how many of you would get offended if I called everybody a dog this morning? Well, probably not because we're Americans and our dogs live better than people. But you go to another country where dogs are dogs. They're just running through the streets. They're just running up and down. Nobody feeds them. They eat the scraps that are left over. Nobody's petting them. Nobody's getting them a jersey. <laughs> Come on, it's, it's not that way. Do you see, dogs have changed. When Jesus called them a dog, they were dogs. And basically, how many know she could have got offended? How many know she could have got upset? How many know she could have quit? But she didn't quit, and she got something that was not even available to her because Jesus had not yet brought the kingdom of God back to mankind because the Spirit of God did not live on the inside of people yet. And now here we are in the year 2023. Kingdom's here, belongs to us. God gave it to us. We've got the Spirit of God, and we're receiving less than the dog lady. See why? Because we're comfortable, we're fine, we're going to heaven, everything works out. So we got church here, church there, church everywhere, everybody fighting over stuff. It doesn't even make any difference anyway. Well, how do you baptize? Well, I baptize in Jesus' name. Well, we don't do that. We baptize in the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost name. Who do you baptize? I baptize in the Holy Spirit name. Well, we ain't talking to you because it... God doesn't care what you baptize or who you baptize into which name of God you baptize in. He wants to know if you're living a baptized life. People arguing over the rapture. It's going to come at the midterm. It's going to come beginning. Going to come the end. Going to come the end. Let me tell you something. When it comes, you'll know it. <laughs> right? There'll be no argument, no doubt then, will there? We'll just be gone, man. That'll be all there is to it. It'll take off. Then we'll know. So all these little squabbles and all these things that really don't mean anything to us are all basically distractions to keep us from operating what God really wants us to operate in, the power of the living God that's on the inside of us. All these little arguments doesn't matter. I don't care as long as you're going to follow Jesus and get baptized Jesus. The Holy Ghost, get baptized in the Holy Ghost. I don't care. But the thing is, you've got to follow God. See? So we're squabbling, we're fighting over little things, but the most important thing you can ever learn is the power that God has already placed on the inside of you and the ability you can have to take blindfolders off of you. See, I'm a blindfold remover. I'm here to rip blindfolds off of your eyes, things that you think you see that are right, but they're not right. Things that, things that you thought were the way to do it, but they're not the way to do it. I guarantee you, people in this church are prospering more than they've ever prospered before in their life if they're simply listening to the Word and doing the Word. People are living healthier than they've ever lived before in their life if they're sitting here and listening to it. And not because I'm anything, but because once you remove the blindfolders and you get revelation of what God's trying to tell you, and you start walking in truth, the truth will make you free, praise God, in your life. So we need to get the lies out of there. The devil's a liar. How many of you know that? He's the father of lies. He has no truth in him. So that little voice you're hearing that's telling you nobody likes you, that tells you you can't do anything, that tells you everybody else can do anything, is a lie, praise God. So here he says the heathen, don't walk like a heathen does. Don't live that way. Don't live like a heathen. How many know if you're ignorant of salvation, you'll live without salvation? If you get born again and you're ignorant of the baptism with the Holy Ghost, how many know you'll live ignorant of baptism with the Holy Ghost? How many know if people told you that praying in tongues was of the devil, you'll probably never pray in tongues very much or desire to? Why is that? Lack of knowledge. But how many know baptism belongs to us? The Holy Ghost belongs to us. Praying in tongues belongs to us. Faith belongs to us. But it comes by hearing and hearing what? The Word of God, it just doesn't say, I like Jesus, I trust Jesus, he's a good guy, I'm going to follow him. No, you've got to know what Jesus said. So all these things are being removed from our eyes. And how many know, when we got saved, we were still a mess? Nobody was instantly changed, instantly. I mean, on the inside we were. We got the nature of God on the inside of us now. We got the Spirit of God on the inside of us. But soulishly, that's why it says it in one of the books right off the bat, I can't remember which one, it said, he died to free you from this world's evil age. What's he talking about? He's talking about the way we think, the way we were taught, the way we were instructed. You wonder how people can act like the way they act because they've never gotten in the book, never been with God, and they're believing everything the world tells them right now. How would you like to take notes just one day on everything the world's trying to tell you and find out how, many, how much of it really lines up with God? Yet we got people doing that in the church. They're not in the Word of God, and then they're doing it the world's way and wondering why it doesn't work because the world's way does not work. So that's why God said, hey, get you born again, filled with the Spirit. I'm going to give you the owner's manual. Say owner's manual. Owner's manual. How many know what an owner's manual is? 
How many have ever bought anything? You, you buy a blower, you buy a, a, a anything, a tractor, anything. And then the first thing, when you open the top of the box, what's there? Owner's manual. And it simply says, please read this first before operating this thing. How many of you have ever done that? Patrick, praise God for him. Probably Mary. I have, maybe Mary. I've never. What do you do? You either throw it in a waste can or you stick it up someplace with the rest of your papers. Because you know how to operate that thing. My gosh. Make me look stupid. I'll show you how to operate the thing. And, and then all at once you, you start operating and it don't work. And you want to get mad at the company who told you to read the thing. See? And we as Christians the same way. We don't read the war- we don't read the book. We don't read the instructions on it. Then we want to blame God for everything going on in our life. Then we want to start blaming God for putting obstacles in our life to help us grow. We want to believe in all this stuff. You're going to have obstacles in your life, but the answer to going through that obstacle is right here in the Warner's manual. I mean, you know, if you run out of gas in your weed eater, all you need to know is to put more in. You don't need to pray in tongues for four days to try to figure it out. It needs gas. And it'll tell you in there, you need to get many times you got to mix gas and oil. How I many of you know, just, well, I just feel like mixing it. So you just dump it all together. You don't care what part's what part. And you stick it in there. The thing's blowing smoke out all over the place and not working. And then you want to blame the company. Do you see what I mean? But we've got it right here. So he's saying, don't live like the other people are living. Live different than they're living. And how are we going to do that? We're going to get in this book and find out how to handle every single area in our life. When people get mad at us and they come after us, we're going to forgive them. We're not going to walk in offense against anybody. You cannot be offended. Say, I cannot be offended. Say, you can try all you want, but I can never be offended because I've chosen not to be offended. How do you know that's your decision, isn't it? And if you're suffering from offense right now, just repent and come out of it. Well, you don't know what they did. I don't care what they did. It doesn't matter what they did. Now, notice what it says. Big part here. Verse 18. Their understanding is darkened. They're alienated from the life of God through what? The life of God. Say the life of God. Now where's the life of God? It's in us, ain't it? So here's people who are separated because of their ignorance of the life of God that's already on the inside of them. I know the life of God is Zoe life, which is everlasting, powerful life on the inside of you, but you're never going to see an operation of it. Why is that? Because they've been separated through ignorance. See? You're just not going to walk down the street without studying or hearing any word or anything and understand that God lives in you. There's no indication when you go in front of the mirror in the morning, your forehead doesn't light up and say, God now lives in here and goes around in a circle. See, all these things are revelations. You never knew that you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away until you got in the word and you understood that. So then you say, well, if I'm a new creation, then I'm going to change. Things are going to change in my life. And as you heard that and you agreed with it, how many know you started to change? You will change through agreement with the word, not through your works. Your works are described in the Bible as dead works. I'm going to do better. I'm going to try to get better. No, believe you are better. You want to be like God? Believe you are. Because you are. Are you listening this morning? Yeah, that's how you do it. You don't do it by struggling and fighting and doing this and doing that. No, you just got to believe who he made you. And the Bible says he's already made you holy. He's already made you righteous. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. Oh, we're already there, praise God. Go to verse, you guys are really quick, praise God, good. Look at verse 22. That you put off concerning the former lifestyle, the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your what? It doesn't say struggle all you can, do everything you can. No, you have to be renewed in the spirit of your, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in what? And what? Well, have you been created in righteousness and true holiness? It doesn't tell you to become righteous and holy. It tells you you have been a new creation created in righteousness and holiness. So as soon as I found this out in my life, I had to start trading who I thought I used to be for who I am now. And every time I traded for who I am now, I didn't have to fight who I was because it went away. See, we don't fight and try to get rid of things. We take on things. Whatever God gives you. God turns on the light and the darkness. We don't fight the darkness to get into the light. The Bible says, walk in the spirit and you'll not walk in the flesh. So we walk in the flesh and fight the flesh and never do get in the spirit. No, just learn to walk in the spirit. What's the spirit? Agreeing with God has already told you. And when you walk in the spirit of God, the word of God, it'll eliminate. When I found out that I no longer claim myself to be an alcoholic, 
proclaimed myself to be totally free by the power of God. I no longer was tempted with alcohol, no longer cared about alcohol. Why? Because I changed my identity from who I was for 30 years to who I became on one day, December 21st, 1985, 8 o'clock in the evening. Just like that, God changed me. He delivered me. So he's telling you, you've got to put off the old guy. You've got to put off who you... Th Many people are born again then living in the old guy. That's why we're depressed. You were depressed when he was the old guy, and you're depressed when you're still believing you're the old guy because that's who he is. So what do we do? We want to take on a new mindset, and we do that through the Word of God that God has already given us. Be renewed in the spirit of what? Your mind. Now, when I came down to Florida, I love this illustration because it helps me. When I came down to Florida, basically uh, it was 30-some years ago, I came down. All I owned was a Chevy Chevette, and in the Chevy Chevette I had all my stuff that I owned. If you remember Chevy Chevette, not very big, so I didn't own a whole lot when I came down here, praise God. Not like I was carrying a lot of stuff with me. Had this Chevette for a long time. It had over 150,000 miles on it. Had a hole in the floor where the water would come up through when I drive it. The seat sagged down so it's rested on top of your head because it was an old car. It didn't have any air conditioning. I mean, it was stick shift. It was just, you know, that's just the way it was. That's the way it was. And when I got down here and I found a place to live and I went to the grocery store, I never once in my life gave a thought of where to park that car. I don't care how tight the space was. It didn't matter. I just squeezed right in there. Why? Well, I didn't care if they dented my door or didn't dent my door. I didn't care if the people ate in my car. I don't care what. You could have a sloppy Joe in there for all I care, praise God. <laughs> this car was all beat up. This thing was a piece of junk, you know. When I was driving down the road and people were looking like they were going to pull out, I dared them. I said, praise God, go ahead. Go ahead, brother. Go ahead. Pull out in front of me. See what happens, praise God. When I stopped someplace and went into a movie or something, I didn't lock it. Nobody was going to take it. I just left it unlocked. There's nothing in it anyway and left it there. And then all at once I came out one morning, and when I came out there, I turned it, and nothing. It had died. My poor little car, it had died. So I called a dealer, and I wanted to trade it in, and I got me a new car. So I got a new car, and they took the old car, probably smashed it. That's probably the end of that. So I got a brand new car, praise God. A brand new Toyota Camry, praise God. Brand new. When I went to the store, I parked clear out in the last slot. <laughs> I didn't want anybody to dig my car, see. And then if some idiot parked beside of me, I'm thinking, what are you doing? All these other parking spaces, why do you? Come on. Hey, don't you dare open a bag of chips in my new car. See, what was happening? My mind was changing, wasn't it? And all I did was one car died and I got a new car. Well, it's the same way that God expects us to do, basically, in what he's doing. When somebody pulled out in front of me, I was slowing down. I wasn't trying to speed up and hit him now. I didn't want to get in a wreck with this car. I didn't want it to happen, praise God. And when I got out, not only did I lock the car, I set the alarm. Now, this is in a one-day thing, do you understand? This is yesterday to today, and all at once I'm doing everything different. Why, I had a new car mindset rather than the old car mindset, and it was changing. And I tell you, the mindset that we can have, instead of the Chevette mindset, we can have a Jaguar mindset. Praise God. We don't need to have payments. We don't need financing. Jesus paid for it all. It's given to each and every one of us. And now we've got to take on that new man, new car mindset that we have. Here he says you need to be removed in the spirit of your mind. In other words, remove your blindfolders and trust basically in who God says that you are. So how many know there's a lot of Christians running around out there who are Jaguars who are living like Chevettes? Some people only drive the Jaguar to church on Sunday. Then on Monday they go back to the Chevette. Come on, we're talking truth this morning, aren't we? Well, on Sunday we can be a Jaguar. I hope that two hours is up pretty soon because I want to cuss somebody out. Praise All right, praise I'm done. I can be a Chevy Chevette again. So we got them going around in this Chevy Chevette mindset, even though they're not Chevy Chevettes. They're, praise God, they are Jaguars, hallelujah. And we can live as a Jaguar if you believe you're a Jaguar. And will it change things? There's some things, if you think you're a sinner, you won't even resist. But if you know you're the righteousness of God in Christ, you won't even be tempted by things in your life. And if you know you've got the peace of God on the inside of you, you won't let anybody steal it from you. If you know you're the most patient man in the world, you'll be patient in every situation and every circumstance that comes along. But if you think, God's just got to give me more patience, just got to give me more, he doesn't have any more. He's given you all the patience that he's got on the inside of you, but you have to walk in it by changing the way that you think of who you are and what you can do. Another translation tells you to clothe yourself with your new God-like nature so you resemble God in righteousness and in true holiness. Be like God, living righteously and living in 
holiness. Now, how many know that's what it's all about? That's what it's talking about. Faith in who God made us and who we really are. And every change that we make comes by faith. It doesn't come by your works. It doesn't come by your trials and your struggles. Now, in every trial, how many know you can go two different directions? You can get depressed, down and out, grumble and complain, or you can just walk over that thing by being positive and using the power of God that's in your life. Praise God. Glory to God. Now, is God holy? Is God righteous? Are we one with him? The Bible says we're one spirit, aren't we? Yet, yet you find people all over the place in the church, and you walk up to them and say, is God holy? Oh, yes. Is he righteous? I should say he is. Are you holy? I should say not. Are you righteous? No. But I'm going to be. I've been trying for 40 years, and I'll probably get it in the next 20, somewhere along the line. See, it doesn't work that way. How can you separate the head from the body? I can never understand this. How can you separate the Jesus is holy. The body is unholy. Have you guys ever tried separating your own head? Coming to church today? Yeah, my holy head is, but i got to drag this body along, praise God. So just pray for me when I get there. We're all going to lay hands on me, try to let my body catch up with my head. No, that's why Jesus said we're one body. That's why he's the head and we are the body, because we are. He alone is holy, that's true. But you're part of him, so you are holy with him. And we make songs up to make it sound, everybody in the world is trying to separate you from this, along with the church. They're trying to separate you from being one with him. Because you become one with him, you get dangerous. If you're not careful, you'll start acting like him. See? And the Christ in you will start manifesting through you. And the power of God that's in there will start working in you. As he is, so are we in this world right now. So we're waiting. We're at a time now where we're waiting for a move of God, not, not in any church, not in any place, but on the inside of God's people to a place where God walks in the earth again inside human people who are in agreement with him, who know that greater works they can do than he did, who know that they have the ability to do that on the inside. Why? Because Christ is on the inside of me. He's there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I mean, Paul said Christ is in you. Paul said the Spirit's in you. Paul said the Father's in you. And he kept drilling it and drilling it. And then he'd come to some of the Corinthian church and he'd say, What? Don't you know you're a temple of, my God, how many times do I got to say this? Don't you know you're a temple of the living God and you've been bought with a price? Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. How many know he might have been getting frustrated? Preaching and preaching and preaching, it just isn't happening, praise God. And we continue to, to identify with people other than God. Why are most people seeking famous people in the world because they want to be like them. That's why you've got all these little guys out there playing basketball all want to be like LeBron James because they identify with him or they identify with his tennis player or they identify with his golfer. They all want to be like him. Well, if they find out their true identity, they couldn't care less. See? So what do they do? The, these guys see it. So what do they, they buy, make a tennis shoe and they sign their name on that thing. And it just went up from $40 to $400. Because they wrote their name on the stupid tennis shoe. And people will pay that. How many know that? And they, they don't want a shoe without the name on it. It's the exact same shoe. I don't want it. It doesn't have the name on it. And they put the name on it. See, everybody's, everybody's trying to get something from identity. I mean, what's the difference between a purse and a designer purse? About 350 bucks. Yes. <laughs> Am I telling the truth? Oh, yeah, i got to have that. got to have that purse. Why is that? It's a designer purse. Well, this purse over here is better. It's bigger. Is it? I don't care. I like the color better, but i got to have me a designer purse because everybody wants everybody to identify us with the upper crust. <laughs> Come on. Isn't it all about image? I want the biggest house in the world. So everybody sees my big house. And they, 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 they. Praise God. It's hard enough to clean a small house. Let me help you. It's hard enough to pay taxes on a smaller house. Hard enough to pay insurance on a smaller house. But what is it? It's all about identity, having an identity where people look at you and people do this. But once you find your identity is God's identity, you won't be, you know, I won't run across the street for an autograph from anybody. I'm sorry. I won't do it. I don't care if they won the last 14 golf tournaments, if they're making $40 million a year. I think they should probably come across the street and get mine. Because on the day of judgment, they're going to wish they came across and got mine. Do you see? And everything's being prioritized and everything. But we've been blindfolded to this stuff. 
and think all these are famous people and wonderful people and this people and got to have this name and got to have that. The only name you've got to have is the name of Jesus and understand, praise God, that you've been made in the image and likeness of Jesus Christ himself, that you are holy, that you are righteous, and I'll tell you what, he thinks the world of you. So why get rejected over what somebody else who probably doesn't know anything and got so many blindfolds on they can't even walk down the street without running into something cares about you or what they say about you? See, thank God for blind Bartimaeus. Thank God he didn't say, just shut up, I'm going to go do it anyway, even when they told him to stop. No, he went forward. He didn't want to be like everybody else. The church wants, wants a cookie, cookie cutter everybody. This is what we do in our church. There's your cookie cutter. That's what we do. Believe in tongues? No. Believe in the power of God? No. Believe in heaven? Yes. So what do we do? You're your cookie cutter. You're in that denomination. But that's all the further you go because that's all the cookie you got. Are you following? And somebody else has got a bigger cookie cutter. So now, oh, now we included a few things here and there. But see, no church and no denomination is the kingdom. They are all parts of the kingdom, but they are limiting the kingdom because the kingdom is much bigger than any church. See, it's bigger than TCVC, a lot bigger than TCVC. But we want you to understand there's parts of the kingdom that belong to you and make it bigger for you on the inside what belongs to you. You have legal rights once you entered into the kingdom of God. You're a citizen, and these rights aren't something you've got to beg God to get. They belong to you. They're yours. They belong to you. You're a kingdom citizen. You have dual citizenship. You're a citizen here on earth, but you're also a citizen in heaven. Now, if I want to put pressure on my citizenship, I'd rather do it in heaven than here. See? He said he'd meet all my needs according to his riches and glory. They tell me I've got to work my hind end off, save my money, and steal and kill in order to get it down here. I'm going to go to my higher citizenship. For healing, I'm going to my higher citizenship. See, the whole world goes down here. What do they give you? Another drug. What's that drug for? To take care of the drug they gave you last week. And what's that drug for? For the two drugs that you had the week before. And then they'll advertise it. Did you have a headache today? You've probably got a migraine. Here, you get this drug, and let me tell you the side effects. A headache. So I'm taking the thing. I don't know if I, I got my old headache <laughs> or I got my new headache. Maybe I got my new headache. Maybe this is from the drug. So I'll quit taking the drug. Well, then you have your headache back again. Do you see? It doesn't even make sense. But we've been trained to go along with the way the world does things, with the way the world does this, with the way the world does that. And God says, I want to take some blindfolders off of you. I want to peel them off one at a time. I want to show you how to live in peace. I want to show you the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy, Holy Ghost. My God, I tell you, a, just a joyous people would attract people. Not a whole lot of joy out there. You walk down the street, you can't even get a look. They can't. You, you walk by and say hi, and they just walk by you like, I wonder if anything's coming out of my mouth or not. I don't know what's going on here. It's like everybody's afraid of everybody. And part of this happened, you know, during COVID. You know, everybody wearing a mask. Can't tell who's who, what's what, what's who. And, and we pick that up from people now. So now, so I'll tell you, we, we can make a difference. We can smile and say hi. And you may get punched. Who knows? But at least you're, at least you're putting the kingdom out there. So you're making a difference in the thing. You're releasing the power of God. You're trying to start a conversation. It's even hard to start a conversation anywhere you go anymore. Well, that's the plan, to keep people apart, to keep them separated, to keep us in a place. But whatever you believe, whatever you see in the Bible, I don't care if great-grandma taught you, and it says different in here, how many know you're going to have to believe God? Otherwise, you're going to walk blindfolded in that area. And I don't care, praise God. That's just the way it is. Healing is for everybody. It's already been provided. Well, why did so-and-so die? I don't know why he did, but I know what God said, and God said that healing's for everybody. But what happens if you die? Then I'm dead, praise God, and just believe the Word of God. Don't believe me anymore. I'm dead. See, everybody's got a what if and a why. And those whys is what steals your faith. Why did this happen to me? How smart do you think you are? Do you think you're going to know everything and have an answer to every little thing that happens in your life? You don't know why it is, but you've got to get beyond the why, and you've got to keep living life. Some people are living in a why from 20 years ago, and they still want to know why. It doesn't matter why. What matters is today and tomorrow and the next 10, 20, 50, 30 years, how many years you got left. What are you going to do from now till then, and what are you going to take to the cemetery with you? Well, I've been a failure all my life. Well, it's time to make it. Time to change, ain't it? Time to start being succeeded a little bit. Time to get in a book and find out what God wants to do. Try to do it. The Bible says that, that Jesus and Christ are the exact likeness of God. How many of you know that? So that means I've got the exact likeness of where? 
on the inside of me. He's already in there. And I'm afraid to do this and afraid to do that. You shouldn't be afraid to do anything. Just put faith in who you are, and that fear will run away from you like mad, praise God. But we've got to come to a place where we make those changes in our mindset. Don't ever become complacent. I've been in this fairly long time right now, but I'll tell you what, one thing I knew on day one, I was not going to become complacent. I told Becky from day one, if we run every person out of the church and it's just me and you, you're going to sit there and listen to my sermons. And you're going to, and you're going to amen every now and then. That's just the way it's going to be, praise God. Even if you don't like it, you're going to at least say amen. Otherwise, I'm going to use my tape player, my cassette, and I'm going to push a button and say amen, and I'll shut it off and I'll keep... Because there's further to go, I know. And I tell you, the further you go, the easier it is to further you go for some reason. Things start lining up in your life. Life gets easy when you find out how to deal with life circumstances that are constantly coming against your life. And they're going to come. How many know they're going to come? Situations, circumstances are going to come. Well, what do I do in this situation? What did he say to do? Well, what did Dr. Phil say? Well, Dr. Phil said, do what I'll do. I'll make more money. That's what Dr. Phil said. But see, you don't do that. We've got we to do things God's way. Is it always easy? No. It, it, does it usually line up with your natural thinking? No. Not even close to lining up with your natural thinking. But then that's when you know you're on the right track. When you start in a battle in your mind, you know you probably found some truth. See? So you can either say, that can't be true. That's not right. That's not it. Or you can just find it in the scriptures. Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established right so as I'm going through this book and I'm finding stuff there's going to be just one more and another one and another one and another one there are going to be scriptures that back up what God said in one you just can't take one scripture out and live by it you can't you can't take out Judas hanged himself then do the same see it's out of the mouth of two or three witnesses so when I found out I was righteous I had to look up righteousness in what we had back then a concordance I don't even know if they make them anymore do they they make concordances no now they make cell phones and you put in righteous in the Bible, push a button, and 49,000 scriptures come up on your phone. You don't have to look at this and page through and everything. It just keeps getting easier if we use these things for the right. See? We can preach the gospel all over the world just like that through Facebook and these other things. If they quit taking our sermons off, of course. But still, it gets out there for a little bit, praise God. Yeah. We can do it. That's what, what's Facebook for. It's terrible. Well, it's not terrible if we're going to use it for the right thing. We can get to a lot of people. You look up our thing. We've got people listening to us in Indonesia, Pakistan, Kenya, all over the place. I never had to go there. All they did is ran into Facebook, and there we were. And they're, they're listening to us online every week or every other week or whatever. I mean, no, we're extended to two more. And if somebody else gets to four more, she deals with Pakistan all the time just on Facebook. Philippines, she does it. She Don't leave her house to do it. He's sitting right there because it's available to us. So everything that God creates is available to extend his kingdom of God. That's what it's for, basically. So we have all these things. We have the Internet. We have everything else. But in order to do that, you're going to have to help change people the way they think by removing the blinders that are already on your eyes. They're already there. You've got to get a hunger. Remember the man who had the cripple? And they carried it. They carried him. And they couldn't get to Jesus. So they climbed up on the and tore the tiles off the now how many know that's desperate I don't know about you but if somebody climbed up on my roof started tearing the roof off telling me they were trying to get to me we might have a problem but Jesus there he stood looked up said oh these people got some faith and he did something for the purpose how many know that's desperation that's it they weren't the ones saying don't go up on the roof don't go up on this roof don't tear the roof down don't be that way and there's so many more naysayers out there who don't want to go any further. And because they don't, they won't want you going further because you become a judgment against their lifestyle. So you just live holy and righteous in front of everybody that you meet who's in the church and they'll probably not be friends very long with you because, you know, they're, you're an example to them. You're doing it. You're walking peace and you're walking in joy. How do you do that in this day and age? Nobody's supposed to be doing that. But we can do it because of the power of God that God has on the inside of us. But it's all going to take place by you changing the way you Lining up with what God says. This is God's word, and it's God's word to you. To you. See, I read it for years. I knew it was God's word to my wife. She just wouldn't listen. And then I found out the word was also to me. And God said, I want to deal with you. I said, I'd rather deal with my wife. 
be. I've been preaching now for quite a while, and people come up to me afterwards and say, it's the first time here, we really enjoyed it. And I'll tell you what, my wife really needed to hear that, Pastor. Thank you very much. I'm thinking, well, where were you, in children's church? No, why? They're more concerned about everybody else. But this, this is a book talking to me. This tells me to love my neighbor as myself, and love myself is talking to me. See? You can be a teacher and not do it. See, because it's the Word of God. You get the anointing on you, teach it, teach it, teach it, then go out. I mean, there's preachers who have already preached adultery is a major sin, and guess what happened? That means they didn't believe it. They preached it under the anointing, they helped people, but they didn't believe it themselves. It comes out a lot more powerful if you actually believe it. Did you know that? It does. I mean, you can say, go in Jesus' name, but if you don't believe it's going to happen anyway, you might as well talk to a pole. But sometimes on the inside of you, it rises up, and you know that you know that you know that you have authority in this situation. You have power in this situation. You'll come to a place where you know that you're just going to have plenty of finances. Your bank account hasn't changed. You didn't hit the lottery. Nothing happened just on the inside of you. You knew that you knew that you knew that my finances have taken care of forever. And once you start worrying, it opens the door up for God, supernatural kingdom, to come into your life. And you'll, you'll start prospering in ways you didn't even think. Pretty soon, you'll have money working for you rather than you working for money. Amen. And that's God's way. That's God's way. You get a little bit and you invest it, faithful with a little, and guess what? You end up with much, praise God. It just keeps coming. Pretty soon you wake up and you're giving large checks to the church. You started at the church. You wanted to give $10 a week. Now you're giving $1,000 a week. Come on, think about it. And let me tell you what, when that time comes, it's a lot easier to write a check for $10. Let's see, I made $10,000 this week, but God sure don't want me to tithe on $10,000. I was just giving ten, so let's do fifty this week and work our way up to... No, that's what God does. That's the way it works. You follow what God does. You follow what he tells you to do. And as you follow those things, you don't even know how it really happens, but it happens. They, you dig yourself out of debt. Some people are in debt all the time, and all they talk about their debt, and guess what? You're going to be in debt your whole life. Some people have been sick their whole life and want to talk about their sickness. You're going to live in sickness and disease. You can be whatever you want. As a man thinks in his heart, so is. Well, I'm just sickly. Yep, you are. You are. Can't do nothing about it. So here's God trying to change our mind by his stripes. You were healed. I bore your sicknesses and carried your diseases. With my stripes you are healed. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless the Holy Name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Not forget all his benefits. He forgives all our sins and he heals. How many? How many? How many know that's for us? He heals all our diseases. He forgives all our sins. Aren't you glad he forgives all our sins? Do you have trouble with him forgiving your sin? But do you have trouble with him with the healing part? sort of mixed there. I don't know. Yeah, because we've never been taught that. But every benefit he gave us belongs to us. It's, belong, it's one of ours. But the only person you've got to convince is yourself that what God said is the truth. People say it's too good to be true. And how many know the Bible is too good to be true? It really is. It's too good to be true. How, how, can you, how can you imagine somebody going to the cross the way you were, even before the way you were, and dying on that cross for you and paying the price for it just because he loved you at your worst. Then people get born again, try to serve him, and don't know if they, he loves them. My God, he loved you when you were a rat fink. He definitely loves you now. Come on, how can you not think that, for gosh sakes? I think he's thinking of me here. I'm coming out of the bar staggering, praise God, just saying songs I don't even know about and half sick, you know, spitting stuff up, driving down the road, and should be getting a DUI and everything else. And he dies for that? I wouldn't have died for me. No, but he did. He knew there was a plan, there was a purpose. And all of you have changed. I hope. Yeah, you've all changed from the day you got born again to now. If you could go back for one day and just see yourself and what you thought back then. We thought some pretty stupid stuff, didn't we? And you know why? We were told some pretty stupid stuff. So we just believed what we were taught. What everybody told us, that was it. Spare the rod, spoil your child. Did you ever hear that one? Not in the Bible. Spare the rod, hate your child. Now, there's a big difference between spoiling your child and hating your child. Right? But we were taught one thing or the other. And now, now they made it in the natural a law that you can't even spank your child. I mean, no, that's anti-kingdom. You'll go to jail for the thing. Well, you don't have to do it out in public. But you can still obey God. 
See, and it's for their benefit and your benefit, according to the Bible. See, now, which one are you going to believe again? Which one? Well, I know what the world, I just believe that's true, that's child, blah, 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 well, then blah, 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 that's where you're going to be. I mean, how can there even be an argument over abortion? I mean, a natural mind can figure that out, you would think, but they can't figure it out. Why? Because they've been totally blinded to even a natural mind at this point, and their understanding has been darkened. So what do they need? They need light. And how do we get light in the kingdom of God? The word of God. The entrance of my word brings light. So we're here not only to bring light to ourselves, but also to people who are around us, people we run into. There's people out there with questions, and you've got the answer to those questions. You just want to go along with the world and be a buddy of theirs. See, because you know that they're going to get kicked in the teeth when you tell them how to really do it or what's going on. Praise God. So basically, there's changes going on in our life every single day, isn't there? There's blindfolders that need removed every single day. Don't ever, don't ever get to a point where you think you've arrived. Because you've not arrived yet. This is a spiritual thing. When you die and go to heaven, you'll arrive. You'll know everything then. You'll know everything that you should have known down here and didn't know. You know, that'd be a scary day, wouldn't it, if you were completely ignorant of spiritual things? And you die and go up there and say, my God, what was I doing? Boy, was I stupid. What was I doing back then? What was I? Because in that time, as you see him as he is, you're instantly going to be changed into who you really are. So we're all going to have that day, aren't we? But we've got a timetable now between right now and that day to do something, not only about our blinders, but the blinders of other people who are out there. Every single person that you bring into the kingdom of God is in an etern eternal place now. And it's more than just a, a, a change of elevator up or down. They get benefits with it. They get gifts. That's why Jesus preached the kingdom of God. Why do you think people pressed into the kingdom of God? Because he preached the kingdom of God. He preached it. That's all he preached was the kingdom of God. People saw how great it was and they pressed into it. The church don't preach the kingdom of God anymore. It preaches everything but the kingdom of God. Prosperity, so people press into prosperity. Healing, so press into healing. Well, if you press into the kingdom, healing and all them things come with it. It's a package deal, see? But we haven't preached that. We've preached born again heaven. Born again heaven. Born again heaven. Live like the devil in between. Born again heaven. Don't make any changes in between. Born again heaven. Don't read the Bible in between. But we are going to be judged. Let me check. I don't want to offend anybody. I am going to be judged for what I did down here that I was supposed to do and what I was put here to do. On Judgment Day, I'm going to find out what I did very good, what I did bad. I'm not telling you Judgment Day is going to be a bad day because it's not. But I'm just telling you, you're going to see things that you had an opportunity to do, but you just didn't do because you became complacent or just didn't care because you were gone to heaven anyway. The Bible doesn't want to take you to heaven. It wants you to bring heaven to earth. That's what the Lord's Prayer is all about. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is here. And the whole church is wanting to get to heaven. And Jesus prayed that we'd stay. See, we've been messed up, haven't we? So the kingdom of God is important. You've entered into it. There's a lot of things that you've got, praise God, that belong to you. It's like if your rich uncle dies. You know, you'd be the first one there at the will reading. See what you got. See what's in the will. You wouldn't sit at home and say, well, I don't know if they got me anything anyway. You know, you had tr trillions of dollars. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. Oh, you'd be right there, praise God. And if they looked at you and said he left you one trillion dollars, I guarantee you, you'd get it. Come on, am I right? And did Jesus die and leave us a will with everything in it? The whole will of New Testament belongs to each and every one of us. It belongs to us. Don't let the devil talk you out of it. Don't let people talk you out of it. Don't let religion talk you out of who you are and what you can do right now. Because time's ticking. I mean, look at this. We are in July. What happened to January, February, March, April, May? Is it going fast or is it going fast? I mean, before we'll be in through the end of summer, then we'll get into fall. We'll be getting dark at 6 o'clock at night. Here comes the holidays, la, 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 Thanksgiving, stuff our face. Football comes back. Here we go. And back around again we come, praise God. Don't get caught up in that. Every day is a day for you to have a purpose and do something. Wherever you go or whatever you do, there's an opportunity for you to do it, praise God. You don't even have to look for it. If you're just willing, God will bring people. You'll run into people every single day who need something. And you've got that something because you've got the entire kingdom of God. You're kingdom people. Say, I am, I am. A, kingdom a kingdom person. I choose, I choose to walk in the kingdom, to live in the kingdom. All right, I want to pray right now. I want to pray a remove the blinder prayer. I pray supernaturally God removes blinders from you today. 
Holy Spirit, I just thank you this morning. I thank you for what you're teaching us, what you're showing us. I thank you, Father, each and every one of us still have blinders on the inside of us of things that we believe. We think they're the right way, they're the wrong way, or everything. These are things we think that we're victory in, but instead are holding us back. I ask now that you, as the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge, that you'd rise up on the inside of each and every one of us. We would hear your voice loud and clear to see the places where the blinders need to be removed in our own lives. We thank you then for an opportunity to minister to other people out of love, not under of how smart we are, but out of love, to bring them and remove blinders off of their life. Father, we want to operate in every single thing that you have given us and paid for on the cross. And I thank you that by the Spirit of God, this will take place through revelation of who we are. Father, I thank you for a hunger for the Word in this body right now. For those who are hungry, may they get hungrier. For those who are not hungry, may they get hungry, praise God. They'd open that word up and you would speak to them loud and clear that revelation would come just like that, that they would see things in their life. They wouldn't have to go searching for it, but they'd just be ready for it. It would just pop up and enlighten their minds on the inside. Father, we want to be a people who does what you have put us here to do, fulfill our purpose. We're going to read the warning title deed to find out, praise God, what belongs to us and how it operates. Holy Ghost, I thank you for what you're doing in my life and the life of the people here. I thank you that we are making making a difference in other people's life. I thank you that we are not ordinary Christians in an ordinary body just to come to church on Sunday because it's Sunday. I thank you that we will make a difference in this world. We will extend your kingdom. We are going to bring heaven into this earth realm every single day while we're here. And we give you the praise and the glory and the honor for what you're doing in and through us. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right. Praise God.